0: Why don't you lift up your hands and let's magnify the Lord for a little bit longer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it all across this building. Let's continue to magnify Jesus. God, we give you great praise. Come on, do you feel his presence in this house? That's our desire, God. We want to be in your presence. Nothing else matters. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. Everything that I have need of is found in you, Jesus. It's all in you, God. It's all in you, God. And I believe that your presence is moving through this building, God. Your healing is moving through this building. Your peace is moving through this building. Your forgiveness is moving through this building. Somebody lift up your hands and let's let's just worship him. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We give you praise, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, if you get Jesus, you get it all. If you get his presence, you get it all. Somebody love him. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a great big hand clap of praise. Hallelujah amen amen it's good to be in the house of the lord here today on this sunday afternoon to be with god's people if you have your bibles we're going to turn open to the book of ruth chapter one at this time we'd like to dismiss our younger sunday school kids to their class amen i'm going to keep the older ones in here today amen Amen. God bless our Sunday school kids, and God bless our Sunday school teachers. In Jesus name, let's remember to keep uh, our, a lot of our churches. You could tell uh, is out sick. Some are out traveling for visiting family. So let's remember to keep them in prayer as they return back home. In Jesus name, and then those that are out sick, that they would uh, that God would touch them, because uh, anybody that's been sick, you know, it's no fun. So let's pray for them as if it was us. In Jesus name. The book of Ruth, chapter 1 and verse number 19. might have to dust it off in your Bible. It's right after the book of Judges. Amen. It's a book that doesn't get a lot of love. We're going to give it some love today in Jesus' name. Book of Ruth, chapter 1, verse 19. The word of the Lord declares, So they, too, went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass that when they were come to Bethlehem, that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara. Mara literally means bitter. Don't call me Naomi, call me bitter. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Now, this is her, what I call bad theology. She made decisions, leaving full, and now she's coming back empty. And it must be the Lord's fault, right? Wrong. It's not the Lord's fault. And yet she's still returning. She's still able to return. She said, why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me. She's speaking from a place of pain. And it's, it's, don't, don't take everything somebody says in pain to heart. Amen. They're just suffering, and so they're going to say just about anything that comes to their feelings So Naomi returned, and Ruth. See, she thinks she's coming back with nothing, but she's coming back with a daughter-in-law by the name of Ruth. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. And they came into Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. Skipping to chapter 2 and verse number 15. Chapter 2 and verse 15. The word the Lord declares, and when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach or rebuke her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field until even and beat out that which she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley And she took it up and went to the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave to her that which she had reserved after she was sufficed. Amen. The Bible says, let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Blessed on purpose. Amen. Blessed on purpose. Would you set down your Bibles As we pray as a church that God would speak to us, that God would take this word and that it would minister to where we are. Hallelujah, Lord. I'm praying for all those that are here and all those that are currently at home watching online because they're not able to be in the presence of of, of your house, God. Amen. Lord, I pray that you would touch this word, that you would bless it to the furthering of your kingdom. God, help us to minister grace to the hearers today in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him I'm blessed on purpose. Amen. God bless you. you, may be seated. Amen. Blessed on purpose. Ten years before our text is recorded, we find Naomi and her husband and her sons making a choice to leave. The promised land to leave Bethlehem, which Bethlehem simply means the house of bread. They have left the house of bread, and they leave off into a pagan nation of Moab. I want you to understand the context of this. This was a choice that was made in a hard time. It was a choice that was made in the time of famine. They did not have to make the wrong choice. I want that to be understood for those that would say, I didn't have a choice. I want to tell you, you always have a choice. No matter what the choice is, the choices might be difficult, but you always have a choice. They did not have to make the wrong choice, but they made that choice anyways. Amen. I've learned that tough times and hunger lead to questionable decisions if you just look through your bible a little bit you'll find out it was hunger a hunger for knowledge hunger for more that led adam and eve to sin it was hunger that led abraham to go into egypt in a time of famine it was hunger that led Isaac to bless the wrong son. It was hunger that led Esau to sell his birthright for just a bowl of lentils. It was hunger that led Israel back into Egypt to become slaves. And I want to help you here today. It is hunger, and it is famine, and it is tough times. And it's when we don't understand and when we don't know what to do that often leads you and I into sin and into bondage you got to be careful where you go when you're hungry and what you do when it's tough sometimes we justify wrong choices because of difficult circumstances from the pulpit to the pew from me to you I want to tell you we've all done this we've justified wrong decisions because of what we are currently facing we live a mantra that the ends justify the means But God will strengthen us and bless us so that we can make the right choice even in the midst of difficult circumstances. Amen. I want to tell you that even when times are tough, God is still good and god's goodness is so good that in the midst of that tough time in the midst of the famine in the midst of the hunger god will help us to make the right decision and to make the right choice amen but i want to help the person that says well pastor i've already made some decisions that i'm not proud of i want to help you here today he will also strengthen you and i to go back and make the right choice even after we fall amen Thank God for that. Amen. The Bible declares that Naomi and Ruth had left. Well, Na- Naomi and her family left in a time of famine. They went out into Moab. Her sons got married uh, to different foreign women, which was against uh, Scripture. And, and they found themselves in a place where now Naomi's husband dies and her sons die. And now they're going through grief and turmoil. It's another hard time. And in this, we find one of Naomi's daughter-in-law's decides she's going to go back. She's going to return to where she came from. She made a decision in a tough time. I'm going back to the world that I was brought out of. But Ruth made a decision, and we quoted at weddings. She said, wherever you go, that's where I'm going. Whoever you worship, that's who I'm going to worship. Your God's going to be my God. Your people's going to be my people. I want to help you here today. Naomi and Ruth are both suffering. They're both going through a tough time. But God is giving strength to Naomi and to Ruth uh, to make a decision. Uh, I'm not going back to the world that God brought me out of. Uh, I'll go and serve your God. Uh, I want to help you. You have a decision to make in tough times, uh, to go back to what God brought you out of uh, or to go forward uh, in God. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. It was another tough decision, but they made that decision. It's tough where we are. And it was tough when we left where we were when we left Bethlehem. So we're going back to Bethlehem. We're going to go back to the people of God because people don't seem to understand this, that you're going to have tough times whether you're in church or you're out of church. Hallelujah. The Bible says it rains on the just and on the unjust. It's going to be tough whether you live for God or you don't live for God. You're going to have loss whether you live for God or you don't live, live for God. You're going to get sick whether you live for God or you don't live for God. You're going to go through heartache whether you live for God or you don't live for God. But the benefit of living for God is you don't have to do it all by yourself. You can be in this world and know you're lost. Or you can be in church and say, I might be sick, but I'm on my way to heaven. I might be hurting right now, but I'm on my way to heaven. I might be in grief right now, but I'm on my way to heaven. Hallelujah. And so they made a decision, if we're going to suffer, we might as well suffer in the kingdom of God. And Naomi starts making her way back with Ruth, who has made the decision, I'm going with you. I'm going to go. And I I don't know anything about your people. I don't know anything about your God. But I want to be a part of that kingdom that you came out of. Amen. And so Naomi shows up. And everybody starts recognizing her. Is this not Naomi? She is recognized externally. But something has changed internally. She has gone through so much turmoil and so much grief. The decisions that she's made have led her to feeling emptier than she could have ever imagined. She looked at them and she said, you recognize me as Naomi, but there are some things that have changed in my life. I don't want you to call me Naomi anymore. Call me bitter because that's how I feel right now just recognize me and and declare me as bitter. That's how I want to be known. Uh, there's people that have walked away from God and they want to come back and they want to be known by what they've gone through and and there's people that have not quite lived up to what God has called them to be and they want to come back and they want to be recognized by their mistake. Uh, this is nothing more than the prodigal son that came back and said, "I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Uh, just call me a slave." Uh, call me a servant. But I thank God, amen, for the people of God because they did not call her bitter. They did not call her mara. The Bible declares they continue to call her Naomi through the rest of this book. Amen. I want to help us here today. Thank God for the people of God that will not allow you to define yourself by your mistakes. Thank God for the church that will not allow you to define yourself by what you went through. Thank God for the people of God, the house of God, and the presence of God that says that is not who you are. Somebody clap your hands and shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Amen, because in the world, that's how they define you. They define you based on what you've been through. They tell you that you must now identify by your scars. I want to help you. You do not have to identify by your scars. You have to identify by your feelings. No, you don't. You don't have to identify by your bitterness and by what you've been through. Amen. When you come to the kingdom of God, Amen. He, the, God looks at you and says, I still see you uh, Amen. in your unmarred state. I still see you in your unbroken state. Uh, the Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God does not remove those things. God does not take those things. Amen. So Naomi comes back to where she belongs, amen? But it doesn't change the fact that she's still hungry. It doesn't change the fact that she's still without, amen? She left Bethlehem because it was famine, but now she's come back to Bethlehem. It's still famine. They're still hungry, and now she's got to make a decision. I'm going to go back to my raising, I'm going to go back to the knowledge that I gained from the word of God. And she sends Ruth in to glean in the fields. You see, in Leviticus 9 and 19 and 9, the word of the Lord declares, And when you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of the field, neither shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest. Uh, But he says uh, you are to basically cut some corners. When you go through your field, he said, you leave all of the edges around because this is going to be, the Bible declares, uh, you shall leave them for the poor and you shall leave them for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Uh, Amen. He commanded the farmers in Israel uh, that they should not completely harvest uh, their fields. Uh, They were commanded to cut corners uh, in their harvesting, uh, to always leave something behind for the poor and for the stranger. Uh, for the straggler, for the one that barely made it, for the one that was just trying to get back, for the one that was lost, amen, and did not have enough strength to make it one more day. Amen. God wanted to make sure there were provisions for those that were hungry. Amen. There were no provisions when you were in Moab. They cleaned the whole field. They harvested everything. But when you come back to Bethlehem, it's the house of bread for a reason. Because when you come back to Bethlehem, there's always enough and to Spare. When you're out in the world suffering, uh, you're going to suffer and there's nothing but emptiness. Uh, and that's all it is. They take everything. Uh, you lose money, they take more money. Uh, but when you come to the house of the Lord, uh, God makes sure there's enough left over uh, for you to be blessed. Uh, God makes sure uh, that there's always some more that you can get a hold of. Uh, always some more that you can glean. Hallelujah. So, if they happen to go They were commanded that they were to not glean the whole field. They were to leave the edges for the people that were strangers and the poor. And if they happened to drop a bundle of grain, the Bible declares they were commanded not to go and pick it up. This was a commandment of the Lord. This was done for several reasons. First and foremost, this was one of the social assistance programs in Israel. Farmers were not to completely harvest their fields so the poor and the needy could come and glean the remains for themselves. This is a wonderful way of helping the poor. It commanded the farmers to have a generous heart, but it also commanded the poor and the stranger to be active in working for their food. This way, it provided not only their needs, but it also gave them a sense of dignity. Amen. This was not a handout. This was a hand up. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God commanded this to be this way. Amen. And now we find in our text uh, in chapter 2 that Naomi has Come to the part, the Bible says, of the field that belongs unto Boaz. She is going to fulfill what Naomi has taught her. She's going to go to the edges of a field. Amen. The Bible says that Ruth happened to come to the place, uh, and certainly that's how it seemed unto her. But it was not uh, how it actually came to pass. Uh, Ruth came to that field uh, because the hand of God was guiding her to that field. Can I help you here today? This shows us the wonderful way uh, that the invisible hand of God works. Uh, If Ruth would have stayed home and waited for that spiritual feeling, uh, she probably would have waited a long time in vain uh, and died of hunger. Uh, Instead, Ruth experienced uh, the very natural moving uh, of the supernatural hand of God. Uh, Ruth found uh, that when she got into the field uh, that God was a provider. Uh, When she got up from where she was uh, and went into a field, the hand of God was guiding her as she went. Can I preach to somebody? Amen. You don't always see the hand of God but that doesn't mean the hand of God's not at work. You may not feel it but God is moving things out of your way. You may not always recognize it but God is guiding you. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and he delights in his way. Can I preach to somebody? The word of the Lord declares amen to trust of the Lord with all your heart. Heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. Somebody, clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah! It was the hand of God, His divine providence, that led her to Boaz's field. She could have ended up in any field, but she ended up in Boaz's as a stranger, as a widow, Ruth was only allowed to glean the leftover corn on the edges of the field. She got what was left over. She got the burnt crops on the edge where the sun would hit. It was unguarded. She got the animal devoured crops. She got the leftover crops when she gleaned the edges. But beggars can't be choosers. She's at least glad to have something right. Uh, that's that's at least how it would seem. Uh, when the poor gleaned, they would go to the untouched corners of the field uh, and they would harvest. Uh, they would then have to cut the stalks down. They would have to bundle the sheaves. Uh, they'd have to carry them to the threshing floor. They'd have to thresh out the grain. They'd have to remove the chaff. Uh, and then they would take the grain and they would grind it down. Uh, that's a lot of work. Uh, that's a lot of steps. Uh, a lot of things involved. Uh, just so they could have a little bit of bread. Uh, but I want to help you here today. Uh, amen. Ruth caught the eye of Boaz and the Bible declares she immediately started giving her favor. He immediately started looking for ways to bless her. Uh, he instructed his people that she should have some water. Uh, he invited her to come eat with his crew. Uh, he went and looked at her parched corn. Uh, amen. And, and I want to help you here today. Many times uh, when we're walking in the Spirit, uh, we can only see the hand of God when we look back. Uh, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. Uh, when we look back, uh, we start seeing all the ways that God was at work. Uh, I'm sure in this moment uh, it just seemed like coincidence I'm sure in this moment it just seemed luck. But I want to help you today. It was not luck that she ended up in Boaz's field. It was not coincidence that she ended up in Boaz's field. It was the divine hand of God that placed her and moved her into Boaz's field. She could have ended up in any other field, but she got to Boaz's field. In Boaz's field, Ruth would find companionship among the young women. In Boaz's field, Ruth would find protection by the young men. In Boaz's field, Ruth would find refreshment when she was thirsty and food when she was hungry. In Boaz's field, she'd find her future spouse. Can I help you here today? God knows where to put you. God knows exactly what he's doing and how he's working, and God knows where to put you. Can I just preach amen about the church for a moment? God knows what he's doing when he brought us to church. God knew that when I bring you to the kingdom, it's a place of companionship. It's a place of protection. It's a place of refreshment. I want to help you. If you're in the Apostolic Revival Center today, it's on purpose. If God brought you to the kingdom, it's for such a time as this. God brought you to the kingdom on purpose. Somebody clap your hands and shout. With a voice of triumph. Woo, somebody give God praise. He could have put you anywhere, but he put you in this field. Uh, he could have put you in any church, uh, but he brought you to this church. Uh, you're a blessed people. Woo, somebody shout and give God glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God knows exactly what, what, what we need before we know it. And he prepares it ahead of time. And when this meal was over that she ate with Boaz, he instructed her, his men, to let her continue to glean the fields. In fact, I love what he said don't go to any other fields. Amen. When you find what you're looking for, you just stay right there. Hallelujah. Too many people go hungry because they start looking for other fields. Amen. But God will direct you. God will put you where you can graze and where you can glean and where you can grow. Amen. There's some people that have not grown. It's because they have not yet been planted. Hallelujah. I got some seeds at home getting ready for the the next springtime. I'm going to plant them in the soil. But I've noticed uh, that since they've been in that little baggie, they haven't sprouted. They haven't done nothing in that baggie. Amen. It's because I have yet to plant them. And there's some people that want growth in their life. They want blessings in their life. They want things to progress in their life. But it starts when you plant yourself in a field and say, this is my field. Growth comes when you put your roots down. Growth comes when you say, I'm here. I'm here for the duration. Amen. Verse 16, he says this. Amen. After Ruth walks away. He tells the young man, let also some of the handfuls of purpose fall for her and leave them so that she may glean and don't even rebuke her when she does it. He said, you take a little extra and you drop it along the way. Hey man, make it look like an accident. Make it look like coincidence. Make it look like she got a lucky day. Uh, amen. If any of us could read Hebrew, we would sh- we would see that the phrase "let it fall" and "of purpose" are actually the same Hebrew word. Uh, amen. The Hebrew word uh, has to do with taking spoil. Amen. When an army defeated another army in those days, the victor got to go among the fallen enemies and take for themselves anything of value. These were known as the spoils of war. Boaz was saying to his young man, let her purposely spoil us. Let her pick up our treasures. Don't rebuke her for doing it. The idea of them being spoils is that they were to be put in such a way that she was still not getting a handout she would think i did this myself i picked this up and man i got lucky and man i got blessed she had to feel like she was winning she had to feel like she was victorious she had to feel like she was an overcomer god wanted to keep that progress going that she had already started by gleaning the fields Amen. And so he just started dropping a little extra for her to pick up. Uh, amen. Let me help you here today. God does not let everything come easy or without a fight. Well, I thought I just live for God and everything get easy. Wrong. Because we wouldn't appreciate it if it was easy. If everything that you fought for, you appreciate. You know, people, are, people, people think they want free stuff. But have you ever seen a rental car? Yeah, Yeah. especially if it's somebody else's rental. You get a rental car, you know, you start seeing scratches. You go, well, it's not my car. (laughs) Hope they don't notice. (laughs) They don't mind getting it messy because they don't own it. But when they work for it, uh, amen, you see that little dent on your car and you get, you get a little mad. You see that stretch, you want to go, uh, you, you want to fix it. You want to fix that dent in your car. Uh, amen, God allows there to be a little bit of resistance uh, while he still shields us from the fight that we would have if we really did have to do it all by ourselves. See, God wants to put us in a position where we are overcomers. But you can't overcome something if there's not something to overcome. You can't be more than a conqueror if there's not something to conquer. And so God makes some things come in your life where you got to bend down and pick it up. But don't get it twisted. You didn't do it all by yourself. It was the blessing of the Lord. It was on purpose. Bible declares that she does this, she, she gathers all these extra little blessings that no doubt she thought, man, this is a lucky day. I'm getting blessed today. Wow. Look at what's happening. I got a little extra on the side and she's filling up her basket. But here's the beautiful thing. These bundles, these bundles have already been gathered together. They've already been cut. Most of the work's already been done. Now she's just got to take it, and she's got to thresh it and then grind it out. So now she's not just getting uh, uh, something that's not ready. She's getting something that's closer to being ready than anything. Uh, and the Bible declares she starts going, and day after day she goes back, uh, and she keeps finding a little extra, a little extra, a little extra. Amen. And I, I'm glad for people like Ruth uh, that got enough sense of mind, uh, amen, and sense of presence to say, I, I know that this is this is this too much of good things uh, for this to be coincidental there's too many things happening uh, for this to just be a good happenstance Uh, and so she goes to Boaz she says Boaz I I, I noticed that I've got a little extra I got a little extra she doesn't want to be seen as a thief so she goes to Boaz she falls down on her knees and no doubt she begins to cry and she asks why me Why? why am I getting these extra bundles? I didn't ask for them. I want you to notice, uh, amen, she's asking a question many of us have asked. uh, Amen, why me? But she's not asking it the way that everybody else asks. She's not having a pity party about the husband she lost. She's not having a pity party about the fact she has to get up and go to work every day. She's not having a pity party about everything that's gone wrong in her life. Uh, But she's trying to figure out why uh, am I uh, so blessed uh, after the life that I came from let me preach to somebody and I, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna talk to somebody for a moment because this is where i'm going today our world loves to ask the question why me everybody in this building's asked that before maybe not verbal but you've asked that question why me but they ask it whenever something goes wrong in their life you ever had well maybe i'm the only one why me only when you lose the job why me only when you get sick why me only when somebody dies amen but very rarely do people ask why me when things work out let me help you understand why that is suffering is the natural state of our world that's right amen may not be a truth you like to hear but it's a fact nonetheless suffering is the natural state since sin entered our world Everything that's bad that's ever happened in your life is a result of sin being in the world. Help me. Help me here today. I want you to understand what I'm saying. I am not saying everything bad that's happened is because you sinned. Because sin, the big umbrella of sin, has entered into the world. And the Bible says death by sin. Well, why is there hunger in the world? Because people are greedy. We love to blame God, but we hate to blame ourselves. Hey, hallelujah. Everybody got a pantry here today. Amen. Why is is there so much war? Because people are are greedy for land and resources, and they fight one another. It's sin. Amen. I want you to understand everything that's bad that's ever happened in your life or in my life is a result of sin being in the world. Sickness is a result of sin being in the world. Death is a result of sin being in the world. Hunger is a result of sin being in the world. That's the natural state of things. Even one of the laws of thermodynamics is entropy and atrophy that the world is falling apart and decaying. Why do you think our world's so so passionate about preserving the earth? Because they think this is all they've got and they're trying to hold it together. Even science is teaching uh, that that the resources are limited, that things are falling apart, that things are decaying, and they're doing everything in their power to try to keep it from going that direction Uh, because even they recognize uh, that that everything is falling apart, everything's decaying, uh, everything is dying, everything is going down, 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 that the natural state of of the world is suffering and loss. But I've got to preach to you today about being blessed on purpose. Because in the midst of suffering, in the midst of the bad, there are still handfuls of purpose along the journey in the midst of everything that's ever gone wrong in your life there's still somebody up in heaven dropping bundles of goodness and bundles of good things. You had a hot day. You had a hard day. You had a tough moment. But in the midst of that hard season, in the midst of that difficult moment there was a bundle of blessing that God dropped along the way. There was a smile. There was a laugh. There was a family member that came by and brightened your day. God always leaves some good in the field. Somebody lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Let's stand across the building and let's lift up our hands. Come on, let's lift up our hands. For the person that says, well, Pastor, you just don't know how much I've been through Listen, I don't need to know how much you've been through. God knows exactly how much you've been through. But in the midst of all of that, God has left some blessings along the way. And God has left some good things along the way. Amen. You see, Boaz let entire handfuls of grain fall to the ground. Boaz was blessing her on purpose. Boaz was going above and beyond to get her attention because Boaz was being good to her because he wanted to start to cultivate a relationship with her. I want to help you here today. I want want somebody to see Jesus Christ in this today. Amen. God does a lot more than the bare minimums to show his love towards us. Woo! God goes above and beyond to show his love towards us. God's always got a little handful of purpose that he leaves along the journey because God's trying to get our attention. There's so many people, they preach it, they talk about it, they say it, that that they think it's only the negative things that happen that God uses to get your attention. It's not the car crash that God uses to get your attention. It's the fact that you survived the car crash that's God trying to get your attention. It's not the sickness that God's using to get your attention. It's the fact that he healed you and you didn't even know it. I came with a simple purpose today. I've come to remind the church and every guest and visitor of the goodness of God. There is no coincidence with God. There is no such thing as luck with God. There's nothing more than the goodness of God. James 1 and 17 says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above. Every negative thing, that didn't come from above. Every sickness, people blame God when they get sick. It wasn't God. It's sin entering in the world, and God already told Adam and Eve that this is going to be a consequence of sin, amen. But I want to tell you, amen. Every handful of purpose, every blessing along the way, amen, is from above, and it comes down from the Father of Lights, in whom there is no variable. That means God doesn't change, neither shadow of turning. The word of the Lord declares, amen. In the book of Proverbs, amen. That that that, that the blessing of the Lord makes rich. And he addeth no sorrow with it. When God leaves handfuls of purpose, he removes a lot of the bad from it. In fact, he removes all the sorrow from it. And he leaves it along the, 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 the path of life. Everything good that has happened in your life and in my life was because of the goodness of God. You may not agree, but I'm going to tell you that's the truth. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above. God is so good that he even takes the bad things, and the Bible says he turns them into good. God is so good. In Genesis, he defined what is good when he created everything. In the Gospels, he redefined what is good with the rich young ruler. In Romans, he defended and said, Who is good? And throughout the Bible, he has revealed time and time again. You got to glean through the scriptures, you got to look for it, but you'll find handfuls of purpose. You'll find blessings on purpose throughout the scriptures, and God is declaring his goodness to humanity. In fact, Romans 2 and 4 says this, that it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's because God's good that we have been able to come into the house of the Lord today. Well, you know, Pastor, I'd be be here because I'm a pretty good person. Maybe you would show up to the house, but to be in the state that you're in, Moabites, Ruth, after everything she'd been through, she should not have ended up in that field. And even if she would have ended up in that field without the providence of God, the Bible declares there was other people gleaning in that field. But the But Ruth got the favor of Boaz. And he said, you see that one right there? Throw some handfuls of purpose. Bless her on purpose because I want a relationship with her. When God is working in our lives, God is going throughout all of our journey. We we don't see him all the time, but you got to walk through the journey of life. Amen. And every time you stop to pick up a blessing, just remind yourself this came by the goodness of God. If you if you got a spouse today, Amen, it came by the goodness of God. If you got kids today, it came by the goodness of God. If you got a job today, it came by the goodness of God. If you're in hell today it came by the goodness of God and every step along the journey it was God's goodness listen you can scare people out of hell but I'm convinced you cannot scare people into heaven God doesn't even use that tactic you know what God does he's so good to them God will love you back to life he will bless you so much he will love you so much, you can't you can't see yourself outside of heaven. You can't see yourself outside of the church. Amen. He'll bless you so much that Ruth one day lays down at his feet and says, I can't imagine going one more day without you, Boaz. God will love you and bless you so much. It's intentional that he's looking to develop a relationship with you and I. Whew. Amen. I want to tell you, it's not just about going to heaven. It's about being in relationship with the one that's in heaven. Somebody lift up your hands all across this building. Come on, it's his goodness and his forbearance that leads us to his repentance. Amen. I want, I want you to think back over your life and think about all the good things God has done for you. Amen. Maybe you didn't recognize it in the moment, but in the midst of that trial, there was still a ray of hope. In the midst of that troubled time, there was still a blessing on purpose. God dropped some goodness in your life. Amen. Even in the midst when you wanted to quit and wanted to give up, God dropped a little extra for you out of love. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, somebody pray. Come on, he blesses you on purpose. He blesses me on purpose. He wants you to come and glean in this field. He wants you to come and be a part of this kingdom. He wants you to come. Amen. Friend, amen, when you came to this church, amen, it's not just so you can come and be religious, but God was showing you goodness so you can come down to this altar and receive his love. I want to open up this altar. Would you come down to the front and lift up your hands? Come on, we're going we're gonna to talk about the goodness of God. We're going to sing about the goodness of God. Right now, may, maybe for you need to go down memory lane. God
1: failed.
0: put you in a field. God bless you in that but field. God has continued days, to draw blessings in your life. Man, I know not everything's been perfect, days. but it's not as bad as it could have been. It's not as bad as it should have been.
1: I Come on, somebody praise him. Until I lay my head. He's a good God i will see come on he's of a good god. god come on that's all
0: it it's his goodness that leads you faithful. it's his goodness that's calling to you amen in the midst of it all all the suffering all, all the pain god still brings
1: joy god still so, brings good things so good, with every breath that I I will see of the goodness of God. It's bringing you back into relationship. The goodness
0: Place. your hands come on let the goodness of God flow through this house come on there's no condemnation in his goodness there's repentance in his goodness there's you can make it there's encouragement